0: Please name for me a warrior type from history, any kind of warrior or fighter or like character.
1: A legionnaire.
0: A legionnaire. That's a fantastic answer. It's a
1: dramatic one. Uh, I did Roman history.
0: (laughs) Such as the type that. um... Oh, I see that kind of legionnaire. I thought you meant like French Foreign Legion. Oh, well, that too. (laughs) That Jean-Claude Van Damme played in the hit movie Legionnaire. See.
1: Oh you've got it <laughs> literally next to you. How did that even happen? Did you did you did you preplan my response?
0: No. <laughs> such as I guess what you really meant is a sort of Roman legionnaire such as the type played by Perhaps Michael Fassbender in the hit movie Centurion. Oh,
1: my god! Oh yeah, Centurion. See, I clearly had the wrong word, but, you know... Or I, Channing Tatum in The
0: Eagle. <laughs> I happen to have my historical, like, action uh, section just by my desk.
1: <laughs> or I suppose Gladiator as well, although he did eventually become... What's that,
0: Gladiator? <laughs> <laughs> Name another fucking movie I take. I can't... I can't. <laughs>
1: any more movies you frightening me <laughs> <laughs> um, have you got Sharpe's War or something I don't, know. What I was don't have like? Sharpe's War I'm afraid of... what was he like...
0: he was a uh, Napoleonic uh, troop of some sort I, don't, some I can't remember if troop. he was meant to be French he said bastard a lot.
1: He was definitely Northern. I don't know if it was, it was Northern was definitely France. Northern.
0: But sometimes in <laughs> historical dramas, it's like, oh, well, give him a Northern accent, but people will understand that we actually mean it's like the North of France or something. Oh, is it
1: like what Sean Connery did in um, Hunt for the Red October?
0: <laughs> no, he is British, because I can think of him in a... But in my head, his uniform is blue. Okay. Which isn't right because uh, British troops were red. We were always wore I red. I don't know. Maybe yeah.
1: Sharp was just going for a different look. Who's to say? Maybe. Anyway,
0: <laughs> back to our quick fire improvisation. <laughs> so, so legionnaire, do you want uh Roman legionnaire? Okay. Mm. Name a modern profession. <laughs>
1: um uh, UX designer. UX designer? How are you meant to say that? <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? Who knows. What, what do they design? I don't know some kind of computer shades. I guess. Okay. You said modern. I went for the most modern thing I could think of.
0: <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm updating my um at Madlib. <laughs> right thing related to uh Gladiator. Okay. Uh, name a sci-fi concept of some kind.
1: The soup is really made out of humans.
0: Oh no! Cannibal soup.
1: It's cannibal soup. <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
0: and then finally, just name literally anything.
1: Anything, anything, um, biscuit.
0: Okay, so you are Biscuit Gladius, a cannibal programmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would be good for a few pro- a few sequels.
1: I think I think that would make an excellent, uh, movie.
0: <laughs> biscuit Gladius.
1: <laughs> biscuit Gladius. <laughs> That sounds like a stripper name, I'm not gonna lie to you. It sounds like, like a yeah. very bad stripper name, but it definitely sounds like a stripper stripper
0: name. Get ready for biscuit! <laughs> Ooh, I can see I can see the crumble. Oh, ah.
1: <laughs> can I dip her in my tea or no?
0: <laughs> tea is the name of another one of the strippers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, how do you dip a stripper into another stripper? Is the real question.
0: <laughs> and that's what you're gonna find out at Biscuit Gladius' club. That's right, they're a stripper cannibal programmer. <laughs> we Hello and welcome to One Good Thing, the podcast that no matter where you go, there it is. Yep, there you are. I'm I'm Paul Arousalty, and we're still traversing the tricky dimension we refer to as the recommendation zone. And beaming her way through my inner space this week is Helen Gaffney from Role Plus Heart. What's that like, Helen? <laughs> Hello. I wasn't ready for that
1: introduction at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I want to be, and anyone's in a space at this point.
0: <laughs> but you're a being of pure light, so it's able to. That's true. Traverse with very little friction.
1: No, that's just the contrast on my um, on my uh, <laughs> webcam.
0: <laughs> there's there's Helen Gaffney like uh, footprints leading all the way up to me, and then it, then they just disappear.
1: <laughs> I, I've been carrying you this what entire happened? time.
0: Oh shit. <laughs> Oh god Yes I Helen has challenged us to use a laser To vaporise a pineal tumour Without damaging the parthenogenical Plate Thing god. <laughs> by... She's done that by recommending The 1982 sci-fi cult film The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the 8th Dimension I'm not ready for this So what? Big deal Salutations great buckaroo bonsai A common great Danger confronts both
1: our worlds Martian names John Webb, John Fat Eating, John Icicle Boy. Martians
0: in New Jersey. Now you warned me at the beginning of this that my plot rundown might be quite long. (laughs) Weirdly, my plot rundown is quite straightforward, but my production notes are a nightmare. (laughs) A lot happened to make this happen, as you might imagine.
1: Yes. I can't I can't think what this possibly is gonna (laughs) be, because it could only possibly have been created out of chaos. (laughs) and possible it, it, mad libs
0: <laughs> quite quite rightly so so apparently this starts eight years earlier in 1974 holy shit! picture the landscape the godfather part two just came out and got beaten at the box office by two disaster movies and two mel brooks comedies. so it's a hell of a time mm-hmm. the com- uh, chinatown has just swept the oscars matt lucas christian bale olivia coleman eva mendez penelope cruz reese darby Michael Shannon, Amy Adams, Joaquin Phoenix, Leonardo DiCaprio, Stephen Merchant, and Seth Green are all born. Wow, what That's, a year! What a year! But also, those people are the same age. How? <laughs> Seth Green <laughs> and Olivia <laughs> Coleman. It's just not. That
1: doesn't a compute combination. in my brain. Oddly, I no I can't. But then ne- I've never seen Olivia Coleman younger than like.
0: That's true. Thirty-five. But I've something. never seen Seth Green older. <laughs> he doesn't than 18. He doesn't age. <laughs> And Olivia Coleman was born 40, so yes. yeah, it's a confusing mixture of things. Mm-hmm. Also that year, my greatest crush ever, Alison Hannigan, was born. So oh, Alison Hannigan. The- Alison Hannigan. So the world Same. is ready for Buckaroo Bonsai. Yeah, <laughs> she's the best. She's good. Um, Soon, or like destined to be hotshot film producer, W.D. Richter um, and his apparently unnamed wife, because I couldn't find any record of her name. (laughs) History doesn't care to remember. Was she the Queen um, of (laughs) the (laughs) Netherlands? I hope so. I hope that's where that plot point came from.
1: (laughs) She was just (laughs) the Queen of the Netherlands.
0: Unnamed Queen of the Netherlands. (laughs) Um, She brings to her husband's attention the work of a bold new screenwriter named Earl Mac It's going to be very much so because they begin a friendship. Years past, Richter becomes a successful <laughs> as a screenwriter. Much less so. Um, Richter wrote uh, the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers with Donald Sutherland and Jeff Goldblum. Oh, see, it's who you know yeah, in this business. Truly, if you know <laughs> Jeff, oh. <laughs> you're in otherwise that. you just you're not going to get to appear in Buckaroo Bonsai unless you really befriend that's that. that producer who came to your office that day <laughs> oh god uh, whoops, there we go so his old mate, Rorsch looks him up after he's become successful and gets introduced to even hotter shot producer Irvin Winkler who is perhaps best known for recently falling out with uh, Sylvester Stallone because he made all the Rocky movies um, and then recently they fell out with a Creed 3 um, and also a lot of Scorsese stuff, so he's pretty hot shot as oh, a producer yeah, fancy. Goes. Winkler, for some reason, play- pays Roach's rent for six months. What, what is 70s Hollywood and how do I get there? He's not <laughs> written anything at this stage. He's just like, you seem to have promise. Let me pay your rent for six months.
1: I think in the 70s, if you're a white man and you encounter another true. white man and you were rich, you were just like, well, no, here, have some. I feel like you need yeah, some. have some time. rent. Have, have some money. Yeah. Everyone else can fuck off, but you, you, I trust yeah. you somehow. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: God, it was a golden era for some. <laughs> uh, in return for this amazing generosity, Roch would regale Richter and his unnamed wife with tales of a uh, character he invented called Buckaroo Bandy. Bandy. So, perhaps to shut him up, they pay him to write the damn thing. And Richter remembers that the way that would go is he would start writing a Buckaroo Bandy story and then just abandon it in order to start a new one. We got through like 12 of them.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: <laughs> Eventually, they get a treatment out of him called Find the Jet Car Said the President, a Buckaroo Banzai Thriller. <laughs> Find the Jet Car What's Said name? the President. That's What's a 50s sci-fi novel title.
1: I, I, that doesn't even. That just doesn't sound like anything to me. I can't compare that to a single thing I've encountered in my life.
0: Well, when Jen was on the podcast, we did discover that *In Time* had a lot of similarities to a Harlan Ellison short sci-fi novel that was called *Ticked*. Um, what was it? Something like, um "Repent, Harlequin," said the TikTok man. That's the title.
1: That is wild. To be fair,
0: <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs>
1: I mean, the only time I encounter long, convoluted titles like that is in academic papers, because I see a lot of academic papers, and they're just, what are you, why, who, who is going to read this entire sentence, never mind your entire paper, but there you go.
0: (laughs) The phenomenology of differing attitudes towards quarks and buckaroo banzai.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That one, was that off the dome?
0: (laughs) Attitudes towards quarks. Under, under, investigated. Part of phys- particle physics that but is quarks. the idea that yeah. quarks are affected by people's attitude towards them.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can piss off a quark real easy. So just just give him yeah. a bit of side eye, and he'll just never he'll never come to you again. You know. <laughs> Take they're,
0: that Feynman. They're very much like cats. Do with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'll only come to you if you don't want it too much.
1: Don't pay too much attention to them, but don't <laughs> pay no attention to them at all. You know, it's like a, there's a there's a there's a fine yeah, there's line a with quarks.
0: There is. <laughs> Oh, Christ. So, yeah, so at this stage it is Buckaroo Banzai because Richter convinced him to change the name, which he eventually accepted because it's obviously better. Yeah. Buckaroo Banzai, Buckaroo Bandy. Yeah. Yeah, One of those is better than the other.
1: Clearly. that's I am yeah. I'm, I'm, i don't know whether I would ever watch a film called Buckaroo Bandy. <laughs>
0: Buckaroo Bandy. Is it Bandy? Bandy is just... Oh, no, it was spelled Well, maybe, but it was spelled Bandy.
1: With a Y. Within Bandy
0: legs. Yeah.
1: Oh, weird. Yeah, that's odd. Very
0: weird. Oh, but again... <laughs> He never actually finished it He just kept writing He could never write the ending He wrote another story around this time Called The Strange Case of Mr. Cigars Which is about a robot And a box of Hitler's cigars Just I want to sweet see that Jesus. film That's not bad As a premise goes <laughs> <laughs> You get You get uh, John Lithgow to play the robot Yeah And you're, uh, you're Christopher Lloyd there. to play the cigars <laughs> So, oh. Rauch puts Pure Insanity aside for just long enough to write New York, New York for Scorsese. You know how everyone talks about that Scorsese film?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've <haven't laughs> heard of, of that, okay.
0: <laughs> it's a musical I think he made in like the eight, late 70s.
1: Oh, is that where the song comes from?
0: I think so. But I don't know if the um, Simpsons version of it. Because the thing is, so many of us remember all pop culture through the Simpsons, but sometimes they just made shit up. Like how there's no song that goes, guys and dolls. Da, da, yeah. da, 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 guys and dolls So I don't know if New York, New York, it's a hell of a town <laughs> It's actually the song I think I think
1: it is a, yeah. It must be, right? Uh, yeah, because I feel like, like we used to end family parties with that song Oh, because right Because we always had shit DJs so. <laughs> um, Amazing Yeah, no, I think it is, I'm pretty sure it's a real song
0: <laughs> All right, well, look, let's crack on because we are getting close to actual filming here in this story.
1: Okay, sorry.
0: <laughs> in a way, he, he meets with Frank Marshall and Neil Canton, and they decide to start a new production company and make Buckaroo Banzai the first film they're going to produce. Start as you mean to go on, I guess. <laughs> this says everything about what we're hoping to achieve in film. <laughs> a new treatment gets written called Lepers from Saturn. And they shopped it around, uh, but weirdly no one wanted to make a movie called Lepers from Saturn from two first-time producers and a first-time director written by a lunatic.
1: Yeah. No, I... <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> Lepers from Saturn? But, but he wrote New York, New York! <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, kind of, they meet David Beagleman, uh, a big-time film producer who at one stage fell for a massive Ponzi scheme, so his judgement is pretty sound. Clearly, They had a deal in 24 hours, because this guy's also a lunatic, but... He's not a very effective lunatic, which is why so much of the movie is as it is. Roach, uh smushes together a bunch of his stories and gets a final script together in just 18 months. It's very timely by his standards.
1: <laughs> Doesn't surprise me greatly, though.
0: <laughs> then, he, then he redrafts it three times. <laughs> this is after so, three
1: redrafts? This
0: is after three redrafts. <laughs> what the fuck? This is, no, absolutely seen in here is absolutely essential. <laughs> Except one, but we might get to that. Um, and good news, former dinner companion W.D. Richter, you're directing it! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You'll never get away from this man. Be very careful about who you invite to dinner.
1: <laughs> or pay for rent, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. He seems to be into it, though, because he puts together a 300-page book with all of Rauch's previous scripts in it, which included a character named Hanoi Zahn, who would be the villain in a sequel featuring his World Crime League. And crucially in this movie would have been revealed to have killed Buckaroo Banzai's mother who would have been played by Jamie Lee Curtis.
1: Oh. She'd uh. play a great mother.
0: It would be good to have a fun female character in this and I feel like yeah. um rather than one Curtis would have brought, Yeah. <laughs> Curtis would have brought some very interesting things to this. She
1: would have brought vibes for sure.
0: Absolutely. Uh they were first they were forced to remove all of that because the uh Ponzi scheme producer did not want to make more than one of these. Oh fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so his judgement wasn't all bad <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're into casting Car- oh, but Casting s- Banzai was tricky Because he is a small boy's fantasy So who do you get to play that Apart from David Bowie And I don't know if they approached him Oh,
1: should've. they should have though. Yeah, fuck. Definitely he would have been a- amazing.
0: <laughs> he oh, would have well. been exactly what they were going. He would have been because...
1: what was needed. I mean, not amazing necessarily, yeah. but like you know, it was perfect if you're. Were...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, they end up with Peter. Hi kids, I'll be RoboCop one day. Weller, who because <laughs> he's reluctant to take it because based on the script, he can't figure out the tone of the film. <laughs> yeah, fair enough.
1: Based on the film, I can't figure out the tone of the film. <laughs> What was this? (laughs) Yeah, fair enough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But he takes it and he says that his performance is based on Elia Kazan, the director of of On the Waterfront and such, Jacques Cousteau, the underwater guy, Albert Einstein, Leonardo da Vinci, and Adamant.
1: Hmm. Adamant, I feel like, features more strongly than any of those other people. <laughs> I didn't he, see he Albert Einstein in there.
0: <laughs> I didn't get much Einstein, but he no. was my Prince Charming, so... Yeah,
1: well, there
0: you go. There you go. Uh, John Lithgow, on the other hand, was actually the actor that Roach had in mind when he wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, he would have absolutely. made
1: a... Although, I I don't know, I think Bookaroo himself is a blank slate for other people to... Chuck things out, I guess
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, oh, no, no, I mean John Lithgow was the actor that you had in mind Like, for that character oh. It's not like he got bumped from Buckaroo side to the bad guy
1: Oh, I see, oh, okay, okay, that's good Okay, I see, I see, I see, see. for Dr. Lizardo um, Right, 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 right Yeah,
0: Lizardo, exactly okay, Yeah. No, if I was writing Lizardo, sense. I would conceptualise it through the lens of John Lithgow
1: <laughs> I can't <laughs> imagine anyone else playing that character
0: No um, <laughs> For sure Oh god So they had Jordan Cronenwell on cinematography, but they fired him. What does he know? He only made Blade Runner.
1: (laughs) I mean, some stunning cinematography in this, though. (laughs) There really are.
0: Um, Peter Peter Weller recalls laughing harder than he's ever laughed in his life at the banter between Christopher Lloyd and John Lithgow. Why did nobody film that? (laughs) 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 Damn it. Good point. Although... There are also there are some very good interactions. There are there are some, there are some the little
1: movie. bits like the, bo- the bo- booty and the, <laughs> the booty. The yeah. booty. <laughs>
0: it's very good, actually. Yeah. Um. Okay. On to the usual segments then. Critics received the film like the news that lithium is not available on credit anymore. Nightmare. <laughs>
1: I was like, well, where did that come from? Was this meant to be set in the future? I just don't understand.
0: <laughs> it was set in the, in the, eighth dimen- in the seventh dimension, presumably. <laughs> no,
1: fuck knows? <laughs> what were people using this lithium for? <laughs> batteries?
0: They're just sets? mining it out of batteries. <laughs> you just squirt a battery onto the table and they'll take it as payment.
1: Yeah, they'll lick it off the table. Uh, <laughs> and then they made this film. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Oh, uh, checks
0: Johnny Siegel, writing for the Washington City Paper, the the main paper of the whole city of Washington, Mm -hmm. uh, says the movie makes such large demands on one's powers of concentration, and yet, when all of its threads have been followed and its oddities assimilated, all one is left with is a junked construction. (laughs) (laughs) That idea of a junked construction, just one of those weird junk art things that you see (laughs)
1: Oh, That's actually a really for. accurate review. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love also, in particular, we'll come back to the idea of his oddities have assimilated. Because, yeah, you do kind of get used to it.
1: <laughs> you, you sort of start to get into it after a while. Um, I did find myself at some point just spacing out and going, am I? Is what's happening? <laughs> who, who, who's doing what now?
0: Um, yeah. Oh, God. Um, public, on the other hand, are what you are in the dark. It's a very context-heavy line now. Oh, <laughs> See if anyone's able to relate that to a dialogue from the film. Uh, Leonard Andrew, writing on Google, says, Not for you if you like, quotes, a good movie. I enjoyed it and still found parts brutally unwatchable. Nothing is ever explained in a context that makes the audience feel necessary. <laughs> I love that. The audience is entirely optional.
1: It doesn't this. matter if someone's watching this. We're going to do it anyway.
0: <laughs> it was going to happen anyway. <laughs>
1: Also, a very no. good review. Very impressive. Yeah, uh, the absolutely.
0: We've got a work cut out for us here. I know, right? Goldblum is somehow only a two-man, in spite of all the terrible decisions he's made. What? He's only appeared in one previous film of ours, and it was something bad. It was like Mordecai. And it's like, oh god, we need to get into those Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, you sequels.
1: need to like just look through some Jeff Goldblum uh, <laughs> credits and just go, okay, <laughs> we'll do this one. We need to get him in I there. Fi- you
0: know? I need to find out what um, Earth Girls Are Easy was rated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God,
1: gotcha. I've seen um, that film as well. That's oh, yeah. what a film! I okay.
0: saw that because I, uh, when I was a kid, I had to have seen everything that Jim Carrey was in. <laughs> like that's the first actor I can think of where I literally got their um, filmography up and just watched all of it, including was that the a Deadpool. Or
1: was it like a bat? <laughs> I think or? I was
0: just so obsessed with the mask and um, Ace enough. Ventura that I just wanted to see all of it.
1: Yeah, he does have one of those faces yeah. where you're just like, I need to know what every single facial expression you make is so I can I analyse you and a lab.
0: <laughs> also, I don't know if this still holds up, but he was like the perfect sense of humour for kids. Like I just mean... manic, weird. I don't yeah. know if that still is the case, that you can show a kid like liar, liar, although liar, liar is a bit bawdy. Yeah. But I still absolutely adored I-,
1: I feel like it made more sense in the 90s because yes. we were all high on sugar. Yes, um, nobody was
0: regulating Sunny Delight, no. and so Jim Carrey suddenly became a much more viable option.
1: And lucky, lucky, lucky—what are they called? Lucky things. What are they called? Lucky that cereal. Strike. Lucky uh, Charms.
0: <laughs> oh, Lucky Charms. Yes, That's
1: it. <laughs> lucky Charms were available in the UK at that point as well. So, like, yeah, no, it was a yeah. dangerous time for children.
0: <laughs> it really was. And speaking of which, John Lithgow. <laughs> 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 he too is um, only a two-man, but yeah, I'm I'm more or less determined to change that. Ricochet, here we come! Because, uh, yeah, John Lithgow, we've got I to get more of him in.
1: He deserves he deserves at least a oh, three-man, God. if not a
0: four-man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, t- someone who is a four-man is James Sato, who was in Home Alone Three, Pearl Harbor, and I'm pretty sure this is the guy who was Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the '90s one. Oh, think is, so. that the, um, is
1: that the uh, is that Professor Akita or Doctor Akita or whatever? <laughs>
0: I'm not sure he is, actually, because I remember oh. seeing that guy's name and I thought it was Ito, but that might be the app character name.
1: Oh,
0: I'm oh. confused. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> we, we will find this out and you'll all be not confused anymore <laughs> once we get into Bon <laughs> Bonsai. Oh, free to a man, free in a bush, free, free, The yo. film's a shit, mate. The film has 66% on Rotten Tomatoes, 70% on Metacritic, 77% on Google, but... In spite of all that, Acclaim pl- um, only made $6.3 million on a $17 million budget. So it's Holy fair to say shit. that reception has warmed over the years. <laughs> Somewhat. So, Helen, you John Smallberries. <laughs> What's one thing about Buckaroo Bonsai that had you wondering why there's a watermelon here? <laughs> By which I mean, why have you recommended this?
1: <laughs> I fucking. So, basically, it came out of a... Um uh conversation i was having with my boss in the office and we were talking about 80s things for some reason oh yeah and then he showed us all he was like okay 80s things this is the most 80s thing i can think of he showed us the end <laughs> sequence to buckaroo banzai oh
0: um, what with the, with the walking or yeah where well, they're of all just walking
1: stuff. and, he was yeah, like, and walking. i was like what what is this why have you shown me
0: this <laughs> why are
1: you doing this to me <laughs> Um, oh God! And basically, he was like, "Okay, no, it's this film." And I looked up the summary, and I was like, "Well, that sounds book wild. Must watch that." Um, and then I suggested <laughs> it to you because I've never seen it. I didn't, ah, this is your I first time. Yeah, I te- I didn't technically suggest it so much as I saw it and was like, "This seems like something Paul might be interested in looking at."
0: <laughs> you were correct.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you did you like you jumped on it. <laughs> like... I really did. I
0: think there was an, another option, but I I think I steered us towards. <laughs> I Steered our ship towards mad. the good ship, yeah, buckaroo bonsai Absolutely. All right. But thanks to well,
1: thanks to Dan, my boss, who rec- thanks to Dan, recommended my boss, this. Dan, my boss, for yeah. this treat,
0: this <laughs> cinematic treat. Yeah. Oh god. Let's let's get into what happens in this movie because we start with a text crawl, mm. and it's like, okay, well, this will just be introducing some of the themes and the world, you know, just a bit of flavor text, and holy fuck, what you've got some work <laughs> to do. Let's let let me try this. There's a half Japanese and half American man who's a neurosurgeon, martial artist, physicist.
1: Particle physicist, don't forget.
0: Particle (laughs) physicist who has a gang of hard rocking friends called the Hong Kong Cavaliers. (laughs) And now he's going to take a jet car to a dimension barrier, but there are aliens watching him. Yes. I genuinely think all of that text was a demand from the studio and that Rorsch would have just wanted to jump straight in. But yeah, they were like, no, certainly. You, you need to explain some of this.
1: You need to give <laughs> us at least some vague context. Even if it is insane immediately. <laughs> we it context. reminds me of
0: like, the text call to Rise of Skywalker, because most of the Star Wars things are just like, there are bad guys, there are good guys, war, dashing adventure. You know, mm-hmm. it gets you in the mood. And then Rise of Skywalker is just like, Palpatine's back. <laughs> Somehow. Slaps it <laughs> I think it on the literally table. says somehow. Just yep. argue
1: with this, will you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> As some of you who played Fortnite will know, Palpatine is back. <laughs> uh, but oh, yes, for Buckaroo Bonsai, we now get the credits and we see John Lithgow, Jeff Goldblum, Christopher Lloyd, Clancy Brown, Robocop. This is going to have some interesting energy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. And they're all, it's all just going to be fighting on screen, all different things <laughs> fighting for your attention, you know. <laughs>
0: Yep, there's going to be high-pressure areas, low-pressure areas, and there's going to be a hell of a storm in between. <laughs> so, Banzai is late for his rocket science because of the brain surgery he's doing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so... <laughs> Which, oh, that checks out. Of course, that makes a lot of sense. And, hang on, I just need to point out at this point as well, at, su- at some point, um, either... Bookery Banzai or Jeff Goldblum says, this boy is an Eskimo, and I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> a,
0: it's, it's an amazing line of dialogue because he says, um, Subcutaneous microphones going to allow the patient to transmit verbal instructions to his own brain.
1: Like raise my left arm or throw the harpoon. People are going to come from all over. This boy is an Eskimo. <laughs> what?
0: Okay, I guess. He needs to know how to throw a spear. <laughs> And then... I'm an Esk- I'm an Eskimo, but I'm an accountant.
1: <laughs> and the line, can you sing? A little. Yeah, I can dance. You know, it's just like where's... I love Oh,
0: that's that's one of my quick fires just um You ever thought about joining me full time? What do you mean, you serious? Do you have an opening? Uh-huh. Can you sing? A little? Yeah, I can dance. <laughs> like just <laughs> So good. Anyway, it's very
1: Jeff Goldblum. Um, Banzai
0: gets in his rocket car, his DeLorean. Christopher did. Lloyd is like, hmm. and he rides his rocket car to the eighth dimension and back, and it's all completely normal and as you'd expect, except he picked up a weird brain on the way. <gasps> you'd think that might become important later on, <laughs> but <laughs> mm, does, it? Yeah. Mm, does it? Does it? Does <laughs> it? And we we also we meet our um our villain piece (laughs) in an insane asylum. It's uh, John Lithgow, and he's got problems because Mike from Breaking Bad is his nurse, which isn't ideal.
1: I mean, I would have thought the tongue electrocution was his main problem. (laughs)
0: He's done that too. Why does he do that? It seems to be to trigger a flashback. (laughs) In which he remembers that he was a... Russian Italian scientist who launched himself into the eighth dimension but only the top half of him, so he yes. got his brain captured by a dangerous alien dictator. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like that. I was like, Oh, is this time travel? And then I was like, No, it's not time travel. He's this is a flashback? Does he can he not just use his mind? I it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Also oh really God. Like, Oh no! You know what? I'll save these for the good things. Sorry. Yeah, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll quick fight, Don't worry. But then, yeah, Bonsai really wants to uh, study the um, eighth dimensional brain that he's found, but there's no time for that. He's got a gig. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, wow, the And they were like, I was like, he's holding a Stratocaster for some reason Oh no, of course, they're a rock band That makes sense <laughs> They're a rock
0: band, of course, of course they are didn't,
1: Why didn't I know that? They didn't say it in the in the start scrolly bit <laughs> <laughs> How would I know?
0: <laughs> but you know what, this gig's going to have to stop Because he can hear somebody crying <gasps> He knows there's a lady crying So he gives her some motivational poster advice And then sings a sad song Thanks Robocop, it goes so well That she tries to shoot herself <laughs>
1: I was like, when I was watching that bit, I was like, is this Puckery's way of picking women up? And then I wrote, it would not work on me, and then I did dot dot dot, it ain't working on her either. No,
0: it's not. That's pretty much the worst come on I've ever experienced. I know.
1: Are you crying? Let me just put a spotlight on your face <laughs> real quick. <laughs> hey,
0: that lady seems a bit sad. Maybe I can cheer her up. And then just a gunfight
1: erupts.
0: <laughs> They get out of there. Meanwhile, John Lifgow escapes from his uh insane asylum and Crab walks his way off to victory.
1: Yep, the time has come, Big Booty. <laughs> <laughs> Operator, I want to make a call to Mr. John Big Booty at a Yoyodine Proportions Systems over in Grover's Mill. And you tell him that it's John Warfind calling. Of course it's me, you fool. Who do you think? The time has come. My
0: yep, Big Booty Christopher Lloyd is gonna, is activated somewhere from where he was lying <laughs> low waiting for instruction. Um but they go to a conference center where Jeff Goldblum is dressed as a cowboy, is what I'd write into my script.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Get that man in a cowboy outfit. Um Banzai gives a press conference slash lecture on how aliens from the eighth dimension have actually infiltrated our reality and are all around us. Suicide Girl and Jeff Goldblum both have places on this panel. <laughs>
1: Why? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They've name tags and everything.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, but oh no, you can't. You've got to leave this press conference because there's a call from the president. There's a space issue, so the president is called Buckaroo Banzai. But that's not the prez. It's aliens from the planet Ten, care of the eighth dimension. So he gets ionized.
1: Those bastards.
0: Those absolute dicks. You never know when they're gonna ionize you. <laughs> yeah and he realises that Christopher Lloyd or John Big Booty is um, an alien and so he chases him through some corridors mm-hmm.
1: there's a yeah. lot of corridor chasing in this film I just will say 80% of this Maybe. film is corridor chasing <laughs> 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 it
0: certainly is but the other 10% is uh, 20% is where this really really shines mm-hmm. um, a big alien ball comes out of the space and lands <laughs> near <there's> some rednecks <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then Huey Lewis with dreads comes out of it.
1: <laughs> from from a goopy mouth hole on the alien ball, I, m- I might
0: add. <laughs> from a nice goopy squelchy orifice. Which yep. you know. Nice. I love that. You spend a long day at work like massaging the organs or whatever it is you do in your alien world. You want to just mm-hmm. get home and climb into the orifice.
1: Yeah, climb into that lovely orifice, slam yourself <laughs> in and
0: so, clench yourself in. Go somewhere, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Christ! <laughs> um, yeah, Christopher Lloydian and his um, tenth, pl- tenth planet droogs try to get into the ball because they don't like that particular flavor of aliens that are inside of it. Mm. Um, he went here from the press conference it, it, anyway. But Banzai causes a distraction before getting away in a handy helicopter.
1: Small child just... came through. <laughs> <laughs>
0: small child got a helicopter. <laughs> for him. God, I haven't even mentioned small child in my rundown, but he's pretty insane too. <laughs> How did you he drink get, your blood. <laughs> get a
1: helicopter? Get
0: a helicopter. What is this economy that works in this world? I know, right? Oh, God. But meanwhile, back at the uh, Bonsai Institute, uh, some inexplicable leaps of logic involving Orson Wells are being made.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed and... them, though. I thought that was uh, solid solid <laughs> Orson Wellian bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something Well-y... Orson Wells would say to me.
0: It <laughs> was absolutely Wellesian. Um, Huey Lewis has managed to sneak in and gets captured. But he delivers some 3D glasses that they can use to Skype the main alien. Uh, bubble wrap. You mean bubble yeah, wrap? Yeah, bubble wrap. <laughs> bubble wrap the alien. Oh, yeah, yeah. So bubble wrap headsets. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they, those ain't 3D glasses. Them's <laughs> bubble wrap.
0: <laughs> That's bubble wrap glasses from a child's, a child's cheap Harry Potter outfit. Oh, God. She explains that a very bad alien has taken over John Lithgow's brain and that he wants to get a weird doodad that will let him get off this world. Mm-hmm. What's it called again? His thruster, like, yeah, yeah. His like, it's something like his quad thruster or something like that. It was, it, power f- thruster, mega I thruster,
1: forget. something thruster, yeah,
0: something thruster. And if he gets it, then the good aliens will make Russia destroy America. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Cold War drama as well. It's everything you think about with the eighties. <laughs> God, so. Yeah, the aliens attack the bonsai base, so they chase them through some, some corridors. more corridors, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but Clancy Brown gets got. No,
1: no, you gorgeous man. I, you must mention the watermelon here because that will come up later. No, it <laughs> yes. won't. Yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can explain the watermelon. Actually, what? Um, that producer who the Ponzi scheme producer, um, at some point his crazy orders and demands, uh, that he was making on the production stopped. Um, To be clear, the demands weren't that crazy Like Compared to the rest of the movie It's not like this was a perfectly straightforward movie But then the producer <laughs> came in and was like No, his name is Big Booty <laughs> it's... No, he was just, I think, trying to rein it in a bit <laughs> Um, But his demand stopped And so they decided, do you think he's still even Watching the dailies? And so they put in the watermelon line to see if he would mention it Um, And he didn't And so they thought, okay, we can do what we like That doesn't explain why they then well, subsequently they left, it left it in the movie yeah.
1: I mean, I guess it probably became a running joke at that point. I I, I guess. I, guess. So. I don't but know. It's a cute
0: line, right? It's just um. Why is there a water in there? I'll tell you later. I just like
1: Jeff's face after that. He's just like <laughs> as baff- In fact, I think Jeff is the audience <laughs> in this film. In my opinion, yeah, he's he baffled really, is. the entire time, and then he tries to explain things. Never really quite comes up with the right answer. Yeah, he's um, <laughs> he's the audience. I
0: I like the idea that Roach had, as his audience in mind, just people like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboy Which outfits.
1: It's a wild audience to begin with. Really.
0: <laughs> but it's the world I'd like to live in.
1: Oh god, please. <sighs> yes. More Jeff Goldblum.
0: So, after a lot of discussion, they decide it's time to attack the bad guy base.
1: <laughs>
0: Which, fortunately, is mostly corridors. <laughs> they encounter some bad guys, but luckily the good guys easily outnumber the villains by quite a lot. So, <laughs> it's fine. Really, they just Shoot their way there. Um, After a lot of the corridors, the three main aliens end up in a spaceship, but so does Dreadley Lewis. Dreadley Lewis instead of Huey Lewis. (laughs) I forgot (laughs) I did that. Um, And Banzai. They end up in another ship. Mm -hmm. And they end up in a space chase. They destroy Lithgow's ship, but oh no, their ship is in trouble. Oh, it's okay, Banzai got out in a parachute. Oh, the ship's fine. Why did he get out?
1: <laughs> just he, they just drive off. I guess yeah. they didn't want to drop him off somewhere or something.
0: Like, <laughs> We're not gonna land again. We I, mate, I don't I'm know not, how to do that. I'm
1: not dropping you off. Get a car to pick you up from somewhere or something. I'm not doing that. Fuck you.
0: Can you uh, can you get out here? But the, the sky. In the sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just I, I, I can't see anywhere to pull in. Would you mind just uh, dropping out? <laughs>
1: I mean, I've gotten lifts off people before who are a bit like that. It's just like, we're on a motorway. I can't really get out now, you
0: know? It's fine. There's only one lane of traffic. This
1: is as close as I can get you, right. Yeah.
0: It's either this or you're coming all the way to Pittsburgh with me. I don't know why they're going to Pittsburgh. (laughs) But oh no, that girl died from torture or a broken heart or something. But luckily, he's still ionised or something, so she comes back to life. And they tease a sequel We shall never see.
1: I... I can only assume she died from more honey.
0: Oh, yeah, they kept applying honey to her as a torture method. Use
1: more honey! Find out what she
0: knows! They just don't like the feel of it, you know? It's just. This,
1: ooh. <laughs> like, the, the line, use more honey, find out what she knows. Yep. Is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> emblematic.
1: I mean, yeah, emblematic of what? 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 <laughs> 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 Definitely emblematic, so... yep. Yeah.
0: Unbelievably, that just about covers Buckaroo Banzai and his adventures across the 8th dimension. Um, what did you make of it? <laughs> on your first viewing,
1: <laughs> on my first and only viewing, um, I will— to be fair, I will probably watch it again. I'm not going to lie. I can
0: imagine watching it again.
1: I think I need to be drunk if I'm going to watch it again, though, or high. One of the two mm. options, because could help. I, 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 I just got this. I, like, I felt like I was high after watching it, so I think if <laughs> I was high, that might ease it off a little bit. I don't know. Um, but yeah, ease no. The same I, plane. I mean, it was unapologetically. Um, just batshit insane which yes. i respect i think yeah you got um, it i try and live my life that way also so <laughs> <laughs> I can, definitely uh, going I can, by its own rules i can respect a film for that yeah. how did uh, what 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 puzzles me is how they like because was was the was the film industry in the 70s and 80s just the wild west like how does this
0: <gasps> happen well I as you, usual. I know
1: you explained it's... it to me, but I still don't understand.
0: <laughs> well, as usual, you've got your tent poles, and it's all about how well you're able to sell something in the context of stuff that's already done well, for the most part. Yeah. So, if I was pitching this to 80s movie producers, I assume this came out after Flash Gordon and things of that ilk, because we did um, Mega Force on this uh, podcast, which was a film not dissimilar in terms of its tone, and that was, like, 82. Yeah, Flash Gordon was 1980, so you'll definitely be able to sell it in that and other, like, weird little fantasy films. That's- Highlander, I think, might have also come a tad earlier than this. Am I right? Oh, I can't find out if I'm right. But there were there were some very cheap sort of um, 80s fantasy and sci-fi movies that you could put this in the context of in order to justify it. Highlander was afterwards, but there's a lot of Highlander as well going around. Well, um, I get the sense this wasn't technically yeah. cheap. <laughs> well, I—it's what an eighteen million dollar budget. I don't know what kind of movie that bought you back in the eighties.
1: I mean, yeah, because uh, you know inflation and that shit—that must be quite a lot now.
0: Yeah, surely. it must be. It's um... interesting because. There's two very interesting things happening here. And the film, for me, was at its best when those two things were interacting with each other. Mm. And was one, it Christopher Lloyd and once... John Lithgow? <laughs> it was. And once those two entities were around each other, I felt the electricity. <laughs> <laughs> one is that you've got this ridiculous... Re- ridiculously ambitious script being realized for me I thought it a fairly low budget because of the sheer amount of corridors and. but there were a fair number of effects sequences yeah they had and, um, quite a lot of like, effects and set stuff. pieces, it's like they poured all the money into set pieces like the, the rocket car in the desert yeah. and the space stuff and they just didn't have anything left for the bulk <laughs> of the movie, just so. had corridors for the rest of it <laughs> corridors and conference rooms <laughs> So you've got that and it's it's kind of sometimes cheapness and smallness with occasional flurries of uh big production mm. is easily more charming than it is frustrating for the most
1: yeah. part. Oh yeah no I, I I I see I joke about it but I did I did actually enjoy the film. I just found it yeah deeply and um uh just like right in my center I found it puzzling. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, no absolutely. So You've got that, you've got the cheapness and the low ambition. Then you've got the fact that the vision that they're trying to achieve is deranged. It's a Pynchon-esque kaleidoscope of American pop culture of the 1980s with no real structure or rhythm to how the story plays out. (laughs) So it's at its most entertaining when we're hurtling through concepts and the sheer absurdity of the scenario and the elements they're introducing forces you to assume that the ridiculous dialogue and the stunted acting must be intentional and that this is a kind of spoof. Yeah. Or deliberate act of like pop culture kind of
1: yeah, manifestation. Yeah, because it's the only thing that explains it is if it's a parody, but yeah. it feels like it can't be because they all seem very invested. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I, well, something... it's played perfectly yeah. straight, which mm. is kind of what you should do with a satire kind of thing. But the dialogue is pure comic book, as we'll come to in some of my quick fires. It's what you write for a comic book, you know, and it has that charm to it. I think the only problem is it does drag for me. Yeah. It loses itself after the... Re- I think the reveal of the aliens and the big ball is the last sort of genuinely fun yeah. part for me until you get to the very end. And I, I start to, at that stage, question just how intelligently and deliberately assembled this is and the extent to which they just kind of stumbled onto an incredibly entertaining first half. But I don't know. I just I wanted it to keep going further. And yeah. once they figure out aliens did it i don't think they introduced anything new for the rest of the film you've had all your rock all your concerts and possessed thing. scientists and rocket cars and aliens <laughs> and now you do just have people wandering around industrial spaces and it's not f- funny or ridiculous for me after that i i enough.
1: after the lithgow's twitchy hitler impression you know, oh, when God. he's on that crane.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I wrote, not writing a lot, because spending a lot of time baffled by this film, and I think that was the point where I started to weirdly space out yeah. from it a bit. Yeah, yes. it's like the third act section when I was like,
0: "Yeah, eh?
1: what's, why, what? <laughs> um,
0: yeah, ah. my notes diminish <laughs> quite a bit after, after, I think after that point, because they spent a lot of time talking about the Orson Welles thing, mm-hmm. which has its moments, then a lot of time dumping exposition, and then a lot of time wandering around corridors.
1: Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, yeah the the corridors is what brings it down in my opinion
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is, because that actually used to happen with a lot of cult movies. 90 mm. minutes is quite a long time yeah. to have a silly premise to all the driving and the lifting. Mm-hmm. um the best cult movies have to innovate and find new ways to immerse the audience in the subversive and the weird, and I just don't think back Bakaru I had the energy to push through to the end
1: yeah I think it, I but think it got that, tired after the John. it did Lufthor it, it bit, got but... tired,
0: and it's like. If if there was more ineptitude around the second half, if the corridor stuff was funnier, you know, Mm. or just more baffling, that might have been uh, something. But it happened. Yeah, having said that, I was really charmed by the first half of it. I love the tone and the pacing, the straight facedness of it. Yeah. The absolute conviction. It had a very 80s aesthetic and a very 70s pacing and tone.
1: The desire not to really actually explain anything. Like,
0: yes. There's a lot
1: of exposition (laughs) dumps that don't exposit. That much. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) No, absolutely. And they just trust you to take so much for granted. Mm -hmm.
1: They sort of. It's like. It is like. uh, I think I made this comparison, but it is like watching an anime film because you to some extent you just come into it halfway through you don't know and like because you're you know from a western audience you don't really know any of the context that goes into a lot of those films a lot of ghibli films for example (laughs) i can't believe i'm comparing this to a ghibli film but i will um (laughs) sure um, so if because you're not giving that context you're forced to sort of immerse yourself into it which i think yes Buckroo kind of does.
0: <laughs> well, the great thing about that is because from a Western perspective, because we have our sort of Western lens and we're looking at these anime, you know, movies, we assume that there is a logic that makes sense to people of that culture, that mm. Japanese people will watch this and be like, Oh yeah, of course the god is in the machine and um <laughs> has now there's an angel that is now occupying the giant mecha suit. Yeah. Whereas, you know, for all we know, Japanese people are watching, thinking, What the fuck? What eh? the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Nandaska <laughs> Just... <laughs> nanny <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> like, yeah, we have no idea. But with it has that similar vibe to this, where you do feel like there is an internal logic of some kind. But we just, you just don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not shared with us. Yeah. But yeah, I love the cast. I think yes. Peter Weller is really quite something. To the extent that it makes me wish he had more leading roles because he's very subdued but quietly charismatic.
1: Yeah. There's something There's something in, um, I don't know, just the way he stares at people in it. Yeah. Like, he's got such an
0: interesting face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame his best-known role, he's got half of it covered by a big tin hat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: True. True story. Although, yeah. I, I will say, um, ah, I wrote an actual note on this somewhere. Okay, okay. here we go. I wrote, I- dude, Caps. No amount of Japanese clothing is going to convince me that that white ass dude is half Japanese. <laughs> no, that is
0: ridiculous. <laughs> like the point where he's about to do the rocket car thing and he puts on the um I don't know what it's called, the uh the head, like bandana yeah, thing. Yeah, you're like,
1: "Oh, yeah, it's mm, just no, <laughs> no." Like why did he
0: have to be half Japanese? That's so unnecessary. And
1: why isn't if if they wanted to do half Japanese why did yeah. they actually just get someone who was half Japanese? There's lots I of mean, people. What was,
0: <laughs> I know it's half Chinese, but what was Brandon Lee up to at the time? Yeah. You know, American I mean, audiences aren't going to make that distinction and be like, he's clearly Chinese, not Japanese. <laughs> but like, yeah, there are plenty of like mixed race actors that kind of would have done a time. great job of it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, or just drop the Japanese aspect because I yeah. do love Weller in this role. I do like, yeah, no fair, need. I do like
1: Weller. But I, yeah, I feel like yeah. he could have been maybe brought up in Japan and that would have been fine. <laughs> that's you know, fine as yeah. an alternative you know his parents like, uh, he was like a military brat or something you know i don't know yeah like
0: Stephen seagal's nico out for justice or whatever that fucking film was called he yeah. was raised in japan and they just throw that in, in a line and it's like oh okay that's why this act of white appropriation of japanese culture is okay it was the 80s so it would have it would have flown <laughs> no one would have minded I then
1: mean, you've got lift cow i, I also i also really enjoyed that they did not have any like japanese language skills for most of. This. oh <laughs> like, yeah I think they said like six Japanese words during it, and at one point he's just like, arigato, it's like
0: "Mm -hmm." arigato sure, oh god then you've got Liv Gow doing what he did throughout the 80s and 90s and that's glorious Mm -hmm. Goldblum and Clancy Brown are great Christopher Lloyd has his moments, it's a shame about Ellen Barkin's role that they didn't give her anything more fun to do they gave her legs, they didn't give any legs no, they didn't, she didn't have anything to do anyway. that's a shame, but everyone else is just Having a lot of fun, and I mm-hmm. had quite a lot of fun for at least part of it. Like, yeah. I do this um, mystery movie marathon thing with some friends where a bunch of us come over and bring a movie that we haven't told anyone else what it is. Oh, nice. And for the first 20 minutes, I was thinking, I might bring this at the next one. But ultimately, I think there was just a bit too much corridor time for me to justify. Yeah, there's just a lot of corridor. There's <laughs> a lot of corridor time. It's a shame. I feel like this is the kind of movie that makes a better trailer than an actual movie.
1: Oh yeah. And I mean there's a lot of for me, if I was watching this with a load of friends and I was getting drunk or high at the same time, I hmm. would have come out with it with a lot of phrases that me and my friends would have said over and over and oh, over yeah. again. Oh, absolutely. It's one it's of those films quotable. where it's just like intensely quotable, but also yeah. not that entertaining to watch on your own um, and not drunk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's it. I could imagine myself watching it again, but yeah, you'd want that sort of atmosphere. But I could even yeah. maybe imagine myself watching it on my own again, because I just love that slow-paced 70s sci-fi trappings. Yeah. No, I combined with just pulp fifties nonsense.
1: And I think I am being too cruel because I did actually enjoy it, but like. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it has its issues. Context, but yeah, it does have its issues definitely. Um...
0: (laughs) Well, shall we focus on the stuff we did enjoy? Shall we quickfire? Yeah. Quickfire.
1: I mean, I don't know how well I'm going to quick fire because there's just so much quick <laughs> yeah. material. Yeah. Oh
0: god. Yeah. I've got I've got more quick fires than I have plot points, and I think that's a very good thing.
1: <laughs> that's too many good things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's also a name for this podcast now, especially here on episode three hundred and twelve, or whatever it is.
1: <laughs> too many good things. <laughs> I'm drowning in good things. <laughs> you can never have too many good things unless the good things are drugs.
0: <laughs> then you can have two <laughs> Okay, do you have one?
1: Uh, Yeah, let's uh start with the shiny shell suits at the start
0: yes. Oh yeah
1: Where did they get all those shiny shell suits? Oh, God. That's hard to say, shiny shell, suit. <laughs> yeah,
0: shiny shell suits Shiny shell suits uh, No, nope. I, suit. I, I fucked it up on so my first go
1: It's a challenge um, <laughs> But yeah, I'd love to have one of those
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh god. I mean I love Banzai's like get up later on where he's just got his eighties suit with his pink tie and rolled up yeah. sleeves. It's very Miami Vice. And then there's before um, Miami Vice.
1: I don't know the name of the actor, but the eighties Jared Leto with massive white jacket.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, do you know who I thought about a lot during this was um Oh, Talking Heads Front Man. Um Um Oh no, what's your name? I can see your face. You just did you just win an Oscar for um, the song for Everything Everywhere All At Once? You were nominated for it and you were there. <laughs> Why can't I remember your name?
1: Do, do, you want to, do you want me to Google it?
0: Yeah, please. Leave. Talking Heads <laughs> Frontman. American Utopia. Oh, this is the worst day of my life. You uh, He reminded me of that because... David Byrne! God dang it! <laughs> that burns, it does. It do burn, um,
1: it do burn though. It,
0: that do burn, David. It's burning um, down Yeah, the house, I thought indeed. of him a lot. He is, yeah he's burning down my house and <laughs> yeah I just thought of him a lot because of those massive suits that he used oh, to wear so.
1: the shoulders <laughs> the yeah. flaps like the 80s they love shoulders and flaps
0: they sure do yeah.
1: it's time to <laughs> um, be
0: alive. my first good thing though is the opening visual like uh, graphic where you've got like the logo come oh, together yeah. and then split into three and the title come up and it's just like okay. the backing of
1: that synth music very yeah very, I, I
0: did wow, find it's I think his name was uh, Brodigo or Boringer or something, but I found his score a little lacking. In as much as there's a lot of synth and it's a lot of fun, but, like, all I kept thinking of was how good the soundtrack to Megaforce was. <laughs> because you need, like, a melody. This movie was lacking in a melody.
1: My main problem with it was that because of the choppiness of the story, like, yeah. they'd go in on this, like, hard-ass 80s boss battle music, yeah. and then they'd <laughs> cut to another scene where there was no music at all. And then they'd go yeah. back to this boss battle. And it was like, I-, <laughs> I don't know how to feel. I'm excited, and then I'm not excited. <laughs> and, you know, it was. Like- to be fair.
0: This is a tricky film to score.
1: Yeah, it was. I can only imagine, but it was very choppy. (laughs) Is what I will say. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Um, My next good thing, um, yeah, is the um, this boy's an Eskimo. (laughs) (laughs) It's very good. Yeah. Just the just the just the little banter between Jeff Goldblum and um, Peter Weller very very uh, delightful.
0: Um, Yes, that was good. Um, also, the person who said the Eskimo thing is hot, young Clancy Brown, and I saw Clancy oh. Brown's name in the credits, and I was like, "Ooh, that's good." And he shows up. Oh, he was a bit of a steamy piece back in the uh, <laughs> in the eighties. He's got his open shirt and his uh, his kind of uh, beard grown in a bit, and his long hair, and he's just incredibly youth- youthful.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think he's Ooh. attractive at any age. I'm not going to lie to you, but like, there's yeah. uh, something
0: going on. There was something.
1: Stage. There was something happening there,
0: wasn't there? He was so chill. Mm. Might Even about dying, he was just so chill. the hair was
1: attractive? I, yeah. Something
0: about his face, he's got quite old features, so to see him, like, see them on a very young man, he's got a very characterful face. He looks face, like he's been carved from a
1: rock. He looks like one of the <laughs> uh, the heads on the, uh, the island. Easter probably. Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got that kind of face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Also in that sequence, though, uh, the reflection in his visor. Every time it cuts to him in the um, cockpit, hmm. you see the desert reflected in his visor, and it's a pretty oh, yeah. cool 80s looking. That's nice. That is nice. Yeah.
1: Uh, I also in that scene enjoy the triangle light thing. You know, in 80s oh, movies where yes, so they yeah. have the like the and it's like yep. in a triangle. I feel like that yeah. was in um, Back to the Future and things. Yeah. Yes, small, it, it was. Triangle I light did- thing.
0: Yes, because I was thinking of the Flux Capacitor yeah, as soon yeah. as they showed that, and I was like, what is Why the relationship between flux this?
1: capacitor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I saw Christopher Lloyd's name very recently, but what's going on?
1: Yeah, they love fucking triangle lights in 80s movies, and I don't know whether that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a psychological it's a, thing.
0: It's a shocking indictment, is what it is. <laughs> um, right, uh, Lithgow's intro scene is just incredible. Um, oh, he's brilliant. introduced, he says some bizarre things in a crazy accent and then puts on a helmet and just sticks an electrode on his tongue. And as it goes off and the lighting goes crazy, the background seems to drift away from him. I don't know how they realise that, other than just having the background on, like, a crane, or having him on, like, a little chair and have it descend. But it was... yeah. And he goes cross-eyed and looks at the screen, and it's just... Okay, I feel I'm in safe hands.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I th- I actually think a lot of the a lot of the um, <coughs> FXs were pretty good, apart from the one where the um with the hunters, that was that yeah. was very poor. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> no, yeah, that's fair enough. That was not very good. That one was but not that- very good,
1: but the rest of it was, you know, it did, and it reminded of
0: me it. of Sam Raimi the way that part was filmed. So.
1: I'm trying to think of who's who's Sam Raimi Sam
0: Raimi's the evil dead guy who also directed all the Spider-Man movies but also directed a superhero movie called Darkman which was very reminiscent of this
1: oh okay Maybe I will watch <laughs> maybe, it.
0: He's, maybe he was a Buckaroo Banzai fan. Perhaps. I can't recommend uh, Man enough. It's so good. <laughs>
1: I feel like I've read the comic or something. Is that is that is oh it a god. comic book? It, r- it rings a bell it, with me. Um,
0: No, I think it was an original character because he wanted mm. to make Spider-Man but they wouldn't let him so he made Darkman instead. It, it rings
1: a bell with me. I'm wondering what I've read that isn't that.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, I'm going to show you a clip of man after this. Anyway, yes, please go on.
1: <laughs> uh, the, I, oh, to skip back a little bit, I like the alien ball making the growling noise because it's like where is its mouth <laughs> yeah. um I, and i i think that's another 80s thing that happens a lot where they have a random gooey thing that some fuck- yeah some poor fucker has had to make and then they just yep. make growling noises and squish it a bit Enjoy yeah it's that. very critters oh, it's extremely critters um <laughs> and very you know like gremlins and all that all that sort of
0: oh yeah no, it's bullshit oh god and everything's kind of cronenberg-esque as well especially the spaceship I don't know how what Cronenberg was doing at this stage, if he was working or had that aesthetic, but it feels very organic. All of the I, technology. I sense kind of he gunky. was,
1: you know, eating a burger somewhere, and he just went,
0: <laughs>
1: "Something's happening that's relevant to me." <laughs>
0: <laughs> then he started moulding that burger into gynaecological tools. is <laughs> unfortunately what he was doing, and he, he got the idea for Dead Ringers. Yeah. Or, um, who's the filmmaker who, bl- who says he stole Dead Ringers from him? Oh, Peter Greenaway, because of Zed and Two naughts, That's right. Madmen. These are all madmen. Uh, uh, speaking of madmen, uh... um, John Lifgow mumbling to himself, says at one stage, Home. Home is where you wear your hat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Brilliant. Expression. That's what home means. Home is where you get to go and wear your hat. Nobody can stop you doing that. <laughs>
1: Um, one of the bits that I, I don't know if I liked it or if I didn't like it. Um, there's, it, when, in the flashback from, uh, with John Lithgow, um, mm. go through the wall, um, yeah. uh, Professor Hikita, Hakita uh. um, says, holy Toledo. And if he's actually <laughs> Japanese, that's a horrible thing to get a Japanese person to say. <laughs> 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 oh my like, god. That, that I, I right. So here's my thing. I taught Japanese people to, to pronounce English words and I would never uh-huh. have done that. That's just No, me. Toledo is unfortunate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only oh, Toledo god. as well. Like there's, there's a lot of L's. In oh that. no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that is unfortunate. <laughs>
1: yeah. But he said it very well. I'm not you know, I'm not questioning Amazing. his abilities. Um I've just looked yeah. up where he's from and apparently he's Canadian, so you know, that that'll explain it. As a matter of um, fact,
0: Buckaroo Banzai isn't going to be. It's going to have a slight awkwardness to it. Banzai is fine, obviously.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's a Japanese. Yeah. Buckaroo. Yeah,
0: Buckaroo might be tricky.
1: Yeah. Although, I'd have hmm. to hear someone say it.
0: Yeah. First, <laughs> how they're going to treat that? Oh. Anyway, um. Okay, my favorite Peter Weller line is uh the one which I really I'd have loved to have seen more of this guy because everything about him at the press conference is great because he's being like a showman mm-hmm. and he has a couple of fun lines. Um, and then at the end of it it culminates in him accusing two members of the audience being aliens.
1: Evil! You're from the eighth dimension! Him!
0: <laughs> that was very like things.
1: <laughs> an-, an absolutely solid line.
0: Blood and guts. That's all <laughs> that's left of her.
1: <laughs> oh, can I say uh, um uh Penny Pretty's gloves? Oh she, yeah. Uh, Oh the gloves and the like shiny diamondy sort of you know um fake jewelry combination. Yeah. I don't know why I've never done that. <laughs> I think it might be I just don't feel uh that I am I, I'm I don't know woman enough for it. I don't know. But I feel <laughs> at some point I need to rock that look. Now life. is the time. Now is I think Incidentally, might be the her time. name.
0: Her name is Penny Pretty. Incidentally, although they are also Penny's pretty gloves as well. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah, pretty gloves, and she is Penny Prissy. Uh, Penny pretty,
1: pretty with a pretty gloves. Yeah, it's Penny Prissy's pretty gloves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, when Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd, has to punch out some bad guys, the sound effect they use is just wonderful. I said back off! Now damn it, I mean it! Hey! <laughs> hey, leave <the> <laughs> ah, ah! <laughs> And he does it in such a perfunctory just sort of stood position, fist up, Punch, and they just use this fushow sound. It's marvelous.
1: <laughs> oh my god!
0: Oh, sorry. And just pairing that immediately after Peter Weller kicks an alien in the nuts, and just <laughs> the noises he makes of just
1: <laughs> um,
0: very good.
1: <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, there's so many throwaway lines that I feel like I need to just like yeah. highlight. Um, There's one where they're in... I think they're in a van or something. And he says... Yeah. Me- met, like, this is after Penny Pretty's... I don't know, tried to shoot herself or something. And mm. a, one of them says, met my first wife that way. And I'm like... <laughs> what way? Was she trying there to shoot guessed. you? Was she trying to shoot herself? I don't what? <laughs> That's
0: a fantastic line.
1: I need to, it's got a whole story <laughs> encapsulated in it. I feel like I need to know what it was. That's amazing. <laughs>
0: um another a line I like is um when they're talking about Orson Wells, one of the uh lesser kind of distinct members of the uh what are they called? The something cavaliers, the mm-hmm. whatever they are. Um, says, um what, the guy from the old wine commercials? Which is great, <laughs> it's the idea that he would be only be familiar with Orson Welles' most obscure <laughs> Fake. They would have seen the old wine commercials, but known it was Austin Wells from there. Is it, um. That gives yeah, me good stuff. Um,
1: Craig vibes. Craig always seems to know everyone from their most obscure <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, outing, and I'm always like, uh, I guess. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, it's it's an adventure every day. Mm. Um, <laughs> another line. I think I've already mentioned it, but what do you want from me? Oh.
0: You remind me of someone I once knew long ago. Was she very beautiful? She was queen of the Netherlands. <laughs> non- Vegas.
1: I wrote. I wrote next to that. Literally, no sentence is ending like I expected it to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's great. It keeps you guessing. <laughs>
1: it was a little pause before after she was, and it was like she yeah. was really beautiful. Apparently, no, but no, no. She was queen of the Netherlands, which speaks yeah. for itself. <laughs> I guess.
0: Of course. <laughs> oh God. Uh, the removal of the starfish thing from Clancy Brown's neck was really gross. Oh yeah. yeah like yeah. um, it's this horrible thing that's gonna kill him, and it's just this, uh, it's a a horrible little dude, and the way he just pulls out and he like bends and flops as he comes out of his neck is just really nasty. Yeah. And, and the, then later they, they step him. on him. Yeah. And there's some good old guts. It <laughs> in looks the, yeah, it, it looks
1: like it's something that you don't want to be involved in. Yeah. It's really yeah. gross. Yeah. Um. Ugh. Again, this is another thing I'm not sure if it's a a good thing. (laughs) When he's on on the motorbike, he goes round in a little circle for no reason. Why (laughs) did he do that?
0: He just loves it. It's they just a needed
1: favorite. a bit more time on that motorcycle. It was a very nice <laughs> motorcycle. Maybe they spent a lot of money and they're like just do a little circle. We need to like <laughs> show the entire thing. Um but also the music in that scene really reminded me of a game a motorbike game I used to play on Sega Mega Drive. Oh, amazing. Oh, it, Jesus. It, and I flashed back to like Saturdays spent <laughs> just fucking eating shit oh, on that game because I was very bad at it. Um Oh
0: god, the only one I can remember was was it Road Rash or something where you had to kick other people off their bikes as he got close to them. It was very good, very brutal. Um, the,
1: yeah, the music was just, it just whoosh, took me right back there. Oh my god. So that was nice. <laughs>
0: there's a bit where in one of the corridor sequences he finds a cabinet, a filing cabinet that presumably has been shot open or something. Yes, been that's an one of my good
1: things. But <laughs>
0: There's a drawer open with just a fire in it, and he's like, ah, and he just kicks it shut, but the fire <laughs> continues inside the drawer. Like, so it's just like that's where they keep the fire now. He I kind he of says.
1: he kind of moves to it as if to, as if he's going to close it with his hand, and then he's like, mm, no, I think better I'll kick it instead. And it's just like, <laughs> is that going to solve the problem or? Is
0: that... <laughs> it's clearly still raging.
1: It's there's still a fire in there, definitely. Is it not going to just set fire to everything else in that corridor? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Another thing is uh, John Parker's fit is exquisite. That's that outfit. Oh, Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I would wear that on any given Tuesday.
0: I really enjoy John Parker in general. I thought his vibe was very good. And in particular at the end when he's crouched into the cockpit and he's like leaning forward with his little controls and he's just got this constant like big bug-eyed surprise look on his face with the sort of a weird look of disgust as he's like (laughs) just crouched over this control and he's too tall for it it had big Naked Lunch vibes
1: yeah I don't know what Naked Lunch is but I'm sure it did
0: (laughs) (laughs) most people know Naked Lunch from The Simpsons joke I can think of two things wrong with that title it's um it's a Brandon Cronenberg film Uh, which is an adaptation of a Hunter S. Thompson uh, um
1: Oh, this is okay. I can I can imagine what that is then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) You you say no more.
0: (laughs) Well, also invoking that energy is John Lithgow, who um, at one point has to uh, is talking to Buckaroo Banzai on like the phone, but then his normalcy breaks when he just says something about the miserable annals of the earth, and he just starts yelling, and it's very good. I shall sample. Uh, May I pass along my congratulations for your great uh, uh, Mm. interdimensional breakthrough? I'm sure
1: in the miserable annals of the earth, you will be duly enshrined. <laughs> um, yeah, and then there's the watermelon bits right after the fiery draw scenario. <laughs> Brilliant. Why not?
0: Amazing. <laughs> um,
1: I love that Um, What's-His-Face's dying words are saddle up.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: What dying words to give him? I mean, you know.
0: You so cool. Can't even question that,
1: like... <laughs> You put that on your gravestone, you know? Saddle up.
0: Fuck yeah. Um, Declaration of war, the short form. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Very good.
1: I've also written (laughs) that down.
0: For use in emergencies, a quick little form you can fill in to declare war.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also, connected to that, the line that the general says
0: I am scared. I'm barely holding my fudge right now. Yes, oh, yeah, the other general is amazing.
1: I love the idea of holding your fudge.
0: <laughs> so I'm barely holding my fudge right now. And then a similar bit of little... Um, when when they break into the enemy's ship, I think it is, there's a little framed picture of John Lithgow as a human, snarling just in the <laughs> background, prominently in frame, which... Is, yeah, really good. I th- I th- that's a great little parody detail. That's mm-hmm. something that would show up in the Naked Gun.
1: Fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's the. Um, I quite like the door sign because I'm like, you know, most sci-fi hmm. movies they will they will do they'll write they'll write all the door signs in the sci-fi language, right? Um, yeah. But in this one, they chose to write it so as if the aliens couldn't spell, despite being here since the '30s. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody comes in here secret.
0: <laughs> That's like, great. I I'm didn't like, notice that. That's why, so good.
1: Why? I just, I, <laughs> I just, I don't know what the decision was there. You know, because every, I just love every, that these
0: aliens are kind of shit. <laughs>
1: yeah. Every detail in a movie is like is a decision, right? Someone has made that yeah. decision somewhere along the way. Yeah. Um, and just what? Where, where did that decision come from, if you know <laughs> what I mean? I, I, I like that.
0: Superb. Um and then a f- one la- a line from uh uh Girl, the last line from LifGal I've got is um It will work, it won't work. Shut up, jump big booty, you coward! You're the weakest individual I ever know!
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, connected to that scene, I uh, I've particularly enjoyed Big Booty and his fleshy jacket.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> th- oh yeah, oh god! Was
1: that? I think that was to steer or something, or to like Price it was part us. of the the mechanics of the spaceship. Yes. But um, because as
0: soon as he's been shot, the other guy gets into <laughs> the it, guy gets with promotion, as
1: if it's needed. You know, it's a necessary <laughs> item. But yeah, yeah. Got, uh, beautiful fleshy jacket. Um, god, yeah.
0: I'm down to my last one, which is a lovely little exchange where, um, what is it that. It, I'll, I'll sample it, but he says something like, um.
1: Buckaroo, President's on line one, calling about is everything okay with the alien space cloud from Planet 10 or should he just go ahead and destroy Russia? Tell him yes on one and no on two. Which was yes, destroy Russia or uh, number two? Yeah, yeah, that was my last one too. That was like, and then he goes, so uh, yeah, the the actual line for the Russia bit is, should I just go ahead and destroy Russia?
0: Yeah, and destroy Russia as just like a concept, it's just that easy. Not bomb Russia, or send nukes to Russia, destroy Russia as if it can just be done.
1: As if you can just like (laughs) cut it out of the the map or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Uh, Do you have any more?
1: Uh no, that was my last one, I believe. Amazing. Um, yeah, no, absolute Oh and actually no, I will say the end the end sequence is is the most stunningly eighties thing I've ever seen oh, in God, my life. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. walking, the speed, the the walking oh, in time. Yeah.
0: It's the Reservoir Dogs moment with these guys is just and incredible. They
1: they bring back the dude who's dead as well for this end walking. Sequence. Oh, is he there? Yeah, he's yes, there. Yes, of course
0: he's there. He's there. Yes, this must have been earlier. So
1: yeah, they got what? What, I, what <laughs> I'm puzzled by is what the point of it is. Is it just to, just to sort of highlight, aren't these fun '80s people? Or like, was it just like i I don't know i I know they need an end sequence, but i felt I felt like confused by it, but I did enjoy it as well so. It's
0: extremely confusing
1: I think that sums up what I feel about the film in general to be fair yeah. I, I I felt confused by it, but I did enjoy it to be fair <laughs> yeah,
0: I really enjoyed it. It felt like a lovely little monument yeah um yeah <laughs> from a strange place
1: <laughs> monument from a strange time place <laughs> um dimension.
0: Yeah, from the, from the Banzai Dimension. Yeah. And who else is out there in the Banzai Dimension? Well, it's the OG team. OG team! OG team! <laughs> so, let's have a look. We've got on Twitter, we've got Kim at KY underscore Kimberly,
1: Hello. who
0: says, I don't know any bad films about this film, except that it needs at least 25% more Clancy Brown. I'd go for that. It's that's a movie cool. that's wholly comfortable with how gloriously weird it is. No irony, no winking, just pure headlong bonkers. Honestly, a favourite. I love uh tricking people into watching. <laughs> it is interesting you do have to do that. There there does need to be a level of uh, deceit in order <laughs> to get people into
1: Yeah the I viewing mean,
0: chamber of this one.
1: Yeah, you need a you need a scenario that's similar to what you said where you bring in a secret film.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this one's gonna have to be a trap. <laughs> okay, no, nothing on Patreon Those beautiful people I need to check out Those stunning, Buckaroo stunning,
1: Banzai. good-looking, attractive people
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't get more for this one Because it is something of a cult uh, hit yeah. The Buckaroo Banzai I,
1: I, I've, Everyone I've asked, though, um, in real mm. life um, Has said, oh no, I've never heard of that So I don't know, I wonder if yeah. it's like a very specific niche It might cult be Cult scenario Um Yeah so, you know, well done on Dan for recommending
0: that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I
1: mean, it's all ah, yeah.
0: Right, let's talk about The One Better Thing. The One Better Thing.
1: One Better Thing. You know, I'd actually, I thing. forgot to think about that.
0: Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I did too. Me, give me a just, second uh, to
1: think about that one.
0: You have a think. I think the only thing I'd recommend in terms of when I think of, like, quintessential 80s movies, I do quite often think of Highlander, hmm. which... Is a movie that has its camp value definitely also has a fair amount of sincerity to it, um, and just is has that ooze uh, that eighty sensibility just oozing through it, which mm-hmm. I think yeah it does make it well worth watching.
1: I'm just trying to think of what I would compare this to in any in any <laughs> scenario.
0: Oh, I? I wish I'd seen the brother from another planet. That's very appropriate to part of this <laughs> in particular. <laughs> um. You know, I don't
1: think I watch many films like this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's fair. <laughs> that sounds like a.
1: I I I am really drawing a, like a complete blank on like better things.
0: That's um, fair. Um,
1: <laughs> I mean, I suppose. Uh, what's my call it? Um, not necessarily better, but a, a adjacent, slightly better, mm. I guess, film. Uh, S- S- Starship Troopers is that the right word? Oh, Starship right Troopers thing?
0: is fun. Paul yeah. Verhoeven. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. No, I enjoy that movie quite a bit.
1: Yeah. So I I'd, I'd say that was that was uh I mean it's not as although it is kind of tongue in cheek. I'm trying to think of whether I that is a fair comparison. I think it is. It's
0: definitely self-aware. Yeah. Because it's doing something very deliberate with its um messaging. But it's less chaos. Um,
1: it's in, it is. to some extent it knows what it it knows what the story is before it starts writing it down, Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> but it's a holistic world. Yeah, that feels very believable. Yeah, A fascist world. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, those are the one better thing. The one better thing. Yeah. Helen, how can people find out about you and your adventures in any dimension?
1: Uh, well, I don't really have much social media presence. Uh, but you can <laughs> find me via the Roll Plus Heart Twitter because I am on the podcast Roll Plus Heart. Um, and. Uh, it is a actual play podcast. We do lots of fun things, play lots of different indie <laughs> style games, uh, like Thirsty Sword Lesbians or uh, Kids <laughs> on Brooms. Yep. Um I'm really bad at explaining this, <laughs> which explains why I've all social media.
0: <laughs> all very good podcast that I highly recommend to all of our listeners. They're they're yeah it's it's role plus art so is a very good podcast. It's very funny, yeah. uh, really sweet.
1: It's the sister podcast of uh, yeah. Quest Fantastic. I think sister podcast it is sure actually is. the perfect way to describe it. Well, like yeah. uh, brother and sister, it has sort of, a scenario. lot
0: of the same people involved, and so you definitely should get on that. Yeah. Um, whilst you're at it, you can also find out more about one good thing at OGT Pod and yeah, and Quest Fantastic are. Podcast, which you can find out by Seven Quest Fantastic. I think we've got better SEO than we have on One Good Thing, in spite of it being around for a, a- Quarter of the amount of time so Worse, an eighth An eighth of the amount of time and it's got substantially Better SEO than us and it's galling And I hate it and it's all because of that gardening tips woman God almighty When she, when, when shall she stop
1: I mean you did uh, take a lot longer picking the name For Quest Fantastic I'm assuming
0: That's true, <laughs> yeah one good thing was actually like The premise is the problem <laughs> But yeah, we should have picked something A little less already taken for one good thing <laughs> Uh, But I'm Paul Reddy Taken.
1: And I'm Helen Kampai, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. And remember,
0: (laughs) the one good thing about Buckaroo Bansai, or the adventures of Buckaroo Bansai across the 8th dimension, is probably just the bits where you really just don't know what's going on, or why, or how.
1: Watermelon, (laughs) Queen of the Netherlands, those things.
0: Watermelon and the Queen of the Netherlands.